0: Hello and welcome aboard our podcast, Fighting Catholic Jetlag. My name is JC and I'll be your host. I'm a flight attendant and I'm on a journey to find my place within the Catholic Church. I'll be accompanied by my friend and co-host, Father Larry Hostetter, priest of 34 years and doctor of sacred theology. He's a Catholic University president and for our discussion, he'll serve as spiritual ground control to keep things on course for our flight back to faith.
1: At times, we'll be navigating through difficult and uncomfortable issues, so prepare for a bit of turbulence along the way. There won't always be easy answers, but no subject will be off the table. If you're ready to explore your own doubts and questions and rediscover your faith with us, then sit back, buckle up,
0: and enjoy our flight to faith. Say something funny so we can start.
1: (laughs) Hello, everyone. Happy Sunday. Next week is Lent.
0: Next week is Lent. I mean Wednesday. No, wait. Cut all that. Hold on. Yeah. Welcome to Sunday. This coming week is Lent. You... Next week, we're in the past.
1: Right. They're yeah, listening. Yeah. In the this future. coming week that's what this... I meant. This Wednesday. This Wednesday is, is Ash Wednesday.
0: Lent twenty twenty
1: two. Am like... I supposed to high five you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but today is two two.
1: 2 2 22222 2, two. two, 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 two. two. I Feel like I'm at the dentist. It's 2:30. That
2: was
0: thin. good. It's yeah. 2 it's
1: 2:30. Th- <laughs> you know where they do the thing 2 2 No. I wait the hygienist. Yeah. Oh to test the depth of your gums?
0: no they're they're um, looking for cavities so they've never actually they're like there's two here two here two no here. no they're
1: testing <laughs> the depth of your gums or something like that if you say so um, Larry. welcome to our podcast fighting catholic jet, jet lag. lag i'm father larry hostetter I'm and J.C. you Harts, are jc hearts
0: and we are here with our friend rebecca our Satt. producer rebecca Sad.
1: and we're gonna have a little Time with her today to talk about her
0: journey. We are going to put her on the mic, and then we are going to leave and let (laughs) her just take over. Before
1: we get there, uh, you all were having some kind of text discussion today that I did not. I didn't understand half of it.
0: Where (laughs) in our in our podcast text? Yeah,
1: you all were going on about something.
0: Okay, so I had, and
1: you said. (laughs) Merch Merch
0: Merchler. Merch, oh, I said merchandise. Okay. Merchaller. Merchaller. okay.
1: What do you all think? And then you have a picture of the Pope.
0: Describe it to our
1: listeners. I will describe it to <laughs> the listeners. This, the Pope on what looks like maybe a shiny stage. He's got pillars on both sides, and he's in front of a word.
0: He's in his first um, communion What?
1: Yeah. He's in his normal papal dress. And he's in front of a word that. Um,
0: it says Giselle. Gisella. Gisella. That's probably how he would pronounce it. but.
1: Giselle. Okay. And, and then you wrote. Go for it. You want me to say it? Yep. The baddest one walking and the most anointed one talking. And I had no idea what that means. For a but t-shirt. apparently Rebecca went nuts <laughs> laughing about it. And I,
0: everything I say in that message is code is for her to because she'll get it. <laughs> tell tell them what emoji she's or what meme she sent back.
1: She sent back a meme Do you know of who that is? a gentleman laughing very hard at his desk.
0: It's from the office and it's what Stanley. it's Stanley from the office doing the laugh where he's like crying with the tissues oh, So okay. everyone knows I don't this know
1: meme. if I've ever seen that. Yeah. Oh, okay. wow, You need
2: to watch The
0: Office. Yeah,
1: well, I've seen The Office, but I don't know. Forget
0: seen Catholic him. Jet Like, Let's have an Office. I don't podcast. know if I've ever yeah.
1: seen him laughing.
0: <laughs> Walking there. our priest through the office.
1: It's called the Stanley. It's called the
0: Stanley laugh. And
1: then you have another meme.
0: Who's, Who's that? that? You can do this. Got Peter Pan.
1: <laughs> Not
0: Peter Pan. Close.
1: I have no idea who that is.
0: Um, she's going through a divorce with uh Jesus. Yep. With,
2: with
0: who? Now. Yeah. yeah, Kanye West. Come on, you know who this is.
2: We okay. talked about her sister who had the big legs.
0: Oh, this is one of the week. Kardashians. Yes. yes. Which one? Oh,
1: okay, I have no idea which one. Come on. K. K. Don't they all <laughs> start sound the K. Out.
0: They do. <laughs>
1: Good one, Father Larry. Yeah. So. Um, so. Is that the Kim?
0: That's no. Kim. Oh, and you yeah. have sisters, don't
1: you? Yes, I do.
0: So they might do this. But they're old like me. But they still might do this because every every family full of girls, they pick and choose. Well, I'm the Kim of the family. No, you're Chloe, and I'm sure your sisters do that too. It's a way to establish um, your identity within the family. I
1: can pretty much say with a hundred percent certainty
0: <laughs> that you are robbed. That
1: they do not do that.
0: <laughs> I think
1: hundred. I think you should
0: ask them and let us know in the in the next episode. Certainly. So, I mean, my, my sisters, we definitely do it. So. And
1: I can say with a hundred percent certainty that I can see that. Happening. Yes.
0: <laughs> you know, little B is a momager. She is, she is, she is Christian, Christian or the South. Rebecca,
1: do you have sisters? Nope. No sisters. So you nope. don't have that. This, I mean, this, she's kind, this, kind of a Beckman. Well dynamic.
0: They, they uh, have started, it, my family really enjoys Rebecca. And so they call her Rebecca Beckman. For wait, Beckman Reb, Reb, Reb. Reb Beckman, mm-hmm. and um, she's yeah. the British sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it, more likely in my family they would have argued over who was Jan and who was uh, Cindy. <gasps>
0: Probably. So, which one of your sisters and Jan, and which one is Cindy? I don't, I, I, you don't want to go down yeah, that I road.
1: Down there. Who's Jan and Cindy
0: from the Brady Bunch?
1: Brady Bunch. Oh, I didn't watch
2: that.
0: Okay, um, wait. Before we go any further, now I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. Who do you identify with in pop culture? from like a TV show or who is someone you're like, that's me all the way.
1: Oh, Mr. Spock.
0: Really? Do you know who that is, Rebecca? Star Trek. It's right? Star- oh, she's a, she's a techie. Oh
1: my God. Rebecca just made the uh, Vulcan hand salute.
0: <laughs> that is not what that's called. Is it really? It means yeah. Live long and prosper. <laughs> Um, all righty then, so you are- Much more s- in depth. You are than- Mr. Spock. Yeah. And- anyway,
1: so back to this Giselle thing. And why did y'all <laughs> find that this baddest okay. one walking and okay. most annoying one talking, what does that mean?
0: Okay, I'm going so to explain. So, if I'm, I know that we have been explaining Real Housewives to you because Rebecca and I, I are seen huge fans. Yeah, seen, okay, I, don't, which, I don't get that channel. Which t- You what? Yeah. I don't think it's on a channel. Right, well. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Yeah, I don't have that. Channel. No, it's an app. Oh, it's a That's channel too. A channel. It's still a yeah. channel. Mm-hmm. No, the only I one I,
1: the, I saw it so long ago, the only uh, ones I saw was when that one uh, wife, Teresa, Teresa uh, turned over the table. <laughs> in New the Jersey, table flip. In, in New Jersey, yeah, yeah.
0: I will make sure that I. I just
1: sat there with my mouth open going,
0: I, The table uh, flip,
1: the Teresa Taylor flip. This is the way people act. Yeah. <laughs> outside of my circles.
0: <laughs> you told me, though. And I think this is why you like the New Jersey Housewives so much. They're all Catholic, so they are all Catholic. They do, and they'll have these huge parties, and they'll invite priests.
1: Not not necessarily something that we want to brag about,
0: (laughs) but why not? They're great Catholics. They all all ended up in jail, didn't they?
1: All end up in jail.
0: Things happen from time to time. It's yeah, it was just two of them out of a whole. Yeah. So, so anyway, but so. But they're all Catholic and they invite priests to is, come to their
1: parties. Is place. your. I don't remember seeing a priest. Uh, is this a little saying from The Real Housewives so of the Potomac? this is from Walking and Most Anointed One Talking.
0: This is from The Real Housewives of Potomac. If you haven't seen it, you've got to watch it. Is there one
1: of their names, Giselle? One of their names, uh, oh, is so Giselle. you just put the pope in, front of, in the, front of
0: Giselle's picture. Uh, of ah. So you can kind of see her stilettos if you look close enough to Pope Francis's shoes. Uh, yeah. You see them. Mm-hmm um so giselle you
1: just popped her right on top popped her right on top
0: thank you canva app that's what i use our canva app for (laughs) so giselle (laughs) she her ex-husband uh what's his name reverend bryant yeah reverend bryant was he pastors like a mega church Mm -hmm. in atlanta Mm -hmm. so she is the first like she was the first lady of this church then they divorce so in what season three or four they get back together And her opening tagline was, I'm the baddest one walking and the most anointed one talking. And it gives me so much life because if you would let me in the diaconate, that would be my tagline.
1: Um, Just on another note, did you notice she slipped into that? Of um, course.
0: Into what?
1: J.C. May. uh, J.C. May from the Sadie Hawkins dance. (laughs) You did it last week. There were a couple when I was listening to, back to the episode. There were some real, real country moments. Oh, yeah. so, real eastern yeah. Kentucky Southern, moments. I don't so, even eastern hear Kentucky it. Southern moments. Yeah.
0: Okay, you're gonna have to point it out when I do.
1: Um, well, I'd be pointing all the time. But- <laughs> no, I think you um, you haven't been doing as much flying right. lately, right? And I think that probably yes keeps you from slipping into. Yes, I've although I think passengers would oh yeah eat it up. Well if they... you were just <laughs> JC May from from where Father Larry something holler. <laughs> something
0: holler. <laughs> well, when when I'm home though, I've had people say you're losing your accent. And so it's coming back. Well I was on the plane not too long ago and doing a beverage service with another girl who I'm flying with, who's a friend on the other side of it. And this woman, she's like, Oh, where are you from? And I said, Kentucky. And she said, you don't have an accent. My friend whipped around and she's like, yes, she does, ma'am. Don't lie to her. (laughs) We can all hear it. So on the plane, I am assured usually other than this woman that I have not lost my accent at all. But, um, it gets thicker when I'm home for a long time or drinking or So you should use
1: it because for passengers, you could use that to make somebody feel really comfortable who wasn't comfortable flying, or you could make somebody sit up and act straight oh, who you... was maybe being unruly by using it.
0: Well, you've never flown with me because that's exactly what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just stand there and, um, my favorite is if they're misbehaving, I'll just stand there and say, well wait. We'll wait. I'll put my phone away. So yeah, I I I do when if I'm if you're testing my patients, the Southern will come out and I'll just the and so does the flight attendant smile that you all have witnessed to. When you're like, I don't know what to do, so I'm just gonna smile until you do what I say or get away from me because I can't deal with this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you I know? Do you do that at work?
1: Just smile and get my way. No. Typically, no.
0: Oh, you're a guy. You don't have to. And I
1: think it's one of those jobs where the reverse is true. Somebody was saying, well, you know, sometimes women have women have to work harder. Women in authority have to work harder because they're so easily dismissed. Right. Um, I. And I was talking to this person, I said, well, I don't know if that's true for flight attendants or nurses, because if a nurse tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. And if a flight attendant tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. Uh, and are really not looking at the gender.
0: You're a special breed because that's not always the case. And flight att- like I've had this conversation with flight attendants before where if we don't have a guy on the crew, it's going to be different. Really? If there, if we have like a male flight attendant, things just things go a little ease, little easier. And when we have a passenger that will not listen, I mean, we'll bring the pilot up, and just like one look from the pilot,
1: yeah, that changes that, the whole thing. That uh, what, what if the pilot's a woman?
0: Well, in uniform, I th- but I don't, I don't know. I don't want to speak for female pilots, but I'm. I would imagine, I hope this isn't the case, but I would imagine that they face the same thing we do where you're taking a little less seriously. Um, but when when things go down, we're always glad to have like the male flight attendants right. on board because they listen to them They'll and they don't mess around. They don't mess around with niceties either. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's that's the airplane we fly the world we live in right Mm -hmm. it's the world we travel but yeah
1: it's not as bad as it used to be but it's not where it needs So, so um anything else before we get on to the next segment
0: yes okay we so since Lent is coming up i did want to say a few things i was thinking about so if you want to go to Mass and you don't know when they're having it, there's a website called masstimes.org. You've heard me talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, go to masstimes.org and it will tell you the Mass in any city all over the world, which is really cool. Or we will include Father Larry's personal email address at the end of this and you can just email him. Okay. Oh. That sounds good. Uh, <laughs>
1: well, you can also just go to the Diocesan him. website and they will have every, uh, if you're in in, Western Kentucky, they will have every parish listed in Mass Times for every oh, parish. Oh, yeah. well
0: that's cool. But it's kind of some digging. Right. MassTimes.org And of course it's our like, audience
1: is from all over the world. Yes. So...
0: Um, Rebecca, I reached out to Father Larry against my better judgment when we first became friends and said are they still having Mass at the Mount? And he's, he's literally did a per my last email he said per their website (laughs) they are not
1: but not everybody is local and i said is is
0: that the equivalent of asking a flight attendant am i gonna make my next flight
1: (laughs) no it's
0: like yes that's the same so yeah, masstimes.org. We have some international listeners. and
1: Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. if you look at our analytics, we've got United Kingdom, Germany, Indonesia, Puerto Rico, Australia, France, Italy, Canada, Netherlands, New Zealand, Guam, Japan, Spain, Grenada, Singapore, Mexico, Ireland, and the Philippines. <gasps> we,
0: we broke into the Philippines. Wow. Finally. Yes. So. Well, that's
1: cool. That's all the last, the last season. So do you have any clarificationals?
0: Um, yes. I wrote this down today. So we were talking about the Pope, and I said, "Well, the man's infallible." And oh, I, no, I did
1: catch that. I caught that. Too. Yes, I, I thought i always going to pay attention.
0: But... I I paid attention to it. Um, but I learned something really cool about the Pope. I thought he was just infallible across the board, but I've since learned that. There are only certain times he is
1: infallible. Right. So,
0: how what constitute constitutes a you know an a, a thing on
1: the papacy might not be a bad idea again sometime soon. But and I didn't have time to re- refresh my memory on some of this. But the Pope speaks infallibly when he speaks in in the place of Peter uh, from the chair of Peter. Um, Peter on, was our first on faith Pope and morals and Sanctuary. he it, it's typically understood that. It's something where the Pope says, I am now speaking infallibly. So it's, it's, that happened, for example, um, when the dogma of the Assumption was declared. Pius XII mm-hmm. presented that as an infallible declaration that Mary was assumed body and soul in, into heaven and that Catholics are right. ob- obligated to believe that as part of our our faith. Um, so it's not just the Pope having an opinion about something right. or uh, you know, talking about things in general, although because of who the Pope is and he represents the, um, the unifying mm-hmm. ministry of Peter, we ought to listen to what the Pope says, well, but yes. not everything the Pope speaks is an infallible proclamation.
0: And the reason I bring that up is because it's acknowledging that priests are still humans and fall short and um the pope can fall short too so and i i love pope Franck as lauren calls him you go to
1: confession just like everybody i know i saw the two
0: popes um you didn't see the two popes i don't think so that's so good so but in that movie i remember it made me question it because he's with Pope Benedict and Benedict's playing the piano and he goes, ha ha, unfortunately my piano playing is not infallible.
1: That's kind of a Pope joke. That was such a good Pope. Yeah, joke. Yeah. Inside Pope joke. Pope's telling jokes amongst each other when they're, you know, I love it. Out,
0: That's you know? hilarious. Yeah. Nobody in this room laughed. Right. But that's okay. <laughs> um, but the reason I say that is because.
1: Rebecca didn't do her Stanley laugh. She didn't Sorry. do her, sta- do the Stanley. <laughs>
0: I, well, I, I, I want to clarify because I know we love the Pope, but not everyone is in support of Pope Francis. And so I don't want, you know, and I know if 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 you are not a fan of Pope Francis and kind of his stance on things, it doesn't mean that everything he says is infallible. Right. And it doesn't mean you should let him get in the way of your Catholicism because right. I know he wouldn't. Want to Just do as anyway. if
1: you didn't like Benedict, you shouldn't let that get in the way.
0: right. Absolutely, but you know, but there's you still are,
1: have to have respect.
0: You should absolutely, but you, you, I think it's good to keep in mind that not everything that is said is an an infallible thing because we've received we've received emails in our inbox that. You know, it's like, was this a misunderstanding of what he was saying? And it's like, well, that wasn't infallible. That was an opinion. Mm-hmm. And I would love to go into that more in another episode. I think episode. That's, a,
1: that's something we should yeah. cover. And just as a teaser for a future episode, um, some people are not happy with what the Pope has said about pets. Um, not, I don't think he's one of these people that loves, you know, is, is somebody who would always His have a pet.
0: namesake? is St. Francis yeah. of Assisi, though. Right. But yeah.
1: that's because of his concern for the poor and world peace. Okay. All
2: right. Go on. Why is that? Hmm? Why is he? Not oh, I don't boy? know.
1: Well, I mean, we can talk about it, but, you know, not everybody is big on pets.
2: Because he
0: never had a dachshund.
1: Probably never did. <laughs> but we can talk about that for the future. And there are actually, I think there's some legitimate reasons when you think about his experience with poverty. <laughs> and authoritarian governments. Um, but I think rather than go into it now, I think we'll hold that off for another episode. We will. We yeah. will.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: So off to fish and chips then, right? You're done with your clarification. I, I think.
0: Don't... Hold on. One more. Um, oh, yeah. So the Pope being infallible only sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I just need to clarify that I'm new to this Bible in a Year process, and hearing myself trying to explain the Bible to you, Father Larry, um, was a little bit excruciating for me (laughs) because it took you a while to realize I'm talking about... um, farming crops and not crop tops. So I need
1: (laughs) to go back. I think Rebecca is the one brought it up too about crop tops. I
0: need to go back and really study the Bible a little harder before I start quoting it, I guess. But the intention was there.
1: Crop tops have been a theme since day one of this podcast. Yes,
0: that's right. Okay. That's the only clarification I have.
1: Uh, By the way, just so to be clear, that would not be considered a crop top would not be considered professional dress for an employee at Brush University.
0: Not not even down? on casual Friday.
1: You
0: write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was wondering, I was thinking today as I was getting ready and I'm like, there was a dress that I was gonna put on and I did the fingertip thing that we had to do in middle school where it's like goes past my fingertips, but I thought, would they send me to Tammy and HR's office?
1: Nobody would say a thing.
0: They would just like
1: a lot uh, behind, yeah. But- <laughs> Say, did you see what she was wearing?
0: <laughs> I, I just wondered how that would work. So yeah. you're allowed to express
1: yourself, of course.
0: I'm going to try this out. You know, I'll let you all know.
1: I, I do want I did have a thought as I was listening to the podcast last week about the casual Sunday, uh, which I am in support of, but I also think, and maybe this is just my old fashionedness coming out. There is something to be said about the respect we show others by how we Mm. dress.
0: I agree with that. However.
1: But it's not always possible.
0: Right. I I agree with that. But I also think that it's not. And we talked about this, like when you're on an airplane. Right. And someone had asked, do you get better? Sorry. Do you get better service? No, I asked that. Yes, if, I, you're, if you're if you're dressed better. My observation. And I said, yeah, I think anywhere you go, if you if you show up respectfully, you're going to be treated respectfully. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be wearing jeans and scrubs or whatever, and not at least try to show up with your right. best self. So
1: sometimes it's not possible. So you get to church and you've had a bad. You know, day before, and so you haven't been able to get right. You know, and so then, absolutely, casual Sunday makes sense. Or you're just getting off work, a long shift. You got to get to mass. Who cares what you're wearing?
0: I I like those where it's just like you can wear whatever you want, come as comfortably as you are. And uh the church the, I grew up going to in Somerset, Saint Mildred's, we always wore jeans. Right. And I can, which
1: is Catholics are sometimes. Connected to being a more relaxed in church than yeah. some of our Baptist friends. I
0: and I I like that, and I know my mom getting seven children ready for church. But They were your
1: good jeans, right?
0: Of course, they were our good jeans. Right. What right. are good jeans? <laughs> yes. Um, and then whenever you came in, it's take your take your clothes off, put on your play clothes, and hang up the ones you just wore to church. Did you all have to do that? Mm-mm. You didn't have play clothes and church
2: clothes. I had school clothes and play clothes. I didn't really have church clothes.
0: Yeah, I, now I even when I leave work, I go put on my black clothes, which are sweatpants <laughs> and an extra large um, Fatima T-shirt.
1: You know, I think it's interesting because I look at the pictures of uh, when I was a kid and we were not a real religious family. So we did not attend mass every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, we got dressed up every Sunday, though. Right. Um, huh. Whether we went to church or not. And I don't know what, oh, what that's about.
0: What is that about? I don't
1: know. Other than it's a day you're supposed to show respect.
0: I like that. Yeah. You know, so. But we, I want to encourage that there are other ways to show us respect. There are, you but I think that, do... I think
1: that's for people who want to do that. They're oh, like, oh, one hundred percent. I want to show God respect and how much respect. Now they shouldn't look down on others who have different ways of doing right. that. Right. Um,
0: if you want to go full glam at mass, no one's stopping you. But we we want um, non full glam to be accepted, too. Right. Um, Yeah. But I during quarantine, I remember someone asked me to um, Protestant mass and I said, OK, what should I wear? And they're like, you know, dressy. And I thought, I don't I can't. Into any of my dress Sunday, clothes now. Sunday
1: clothes. Sunday go to church clothes.
0: Right. Pinware is what we called it in my sorority. Pinware. So I'm like, I don't have any pinware that fits right now, and I almost thought about not going because I thought I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone here, and I don't want. I don't want to embarrass my friend. I don't want to just show up like, well, this is all I had. Because of course, if you said this is all I have, they're going to be like, absolutely, all okay. are accepted. But you know what I mean. So when it's more accepted, I just like the thought of, oh, wear whatever you want—anything from jeans to full jeans. glam, Dorit, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Either anything in between is fine.
1: Although I don't think there's anything wrong with—that's one way of showing respect.
0: Okay, give me another one.
1: Uh, well, you're the one who said there are other ways of showing respect, so you should be the one doing that.
0: Okay, that's a good question. Thanks for throwing it back over.
1: All right, we had a nice little break, coffee break. I brought everybody coffee. Lauren, our, uh, I was going to say former director, but you haven't been able to be as involved because of busyness at work. Somebody's keeping her
0: I know. Well, now that I work there, I see what goes into a Lauren day, and it is unbelievable the amount she does. Uh, it's but visiting to take care of things, she's always popping in to just see what people need. She has the heart of Angela Marisi.
1: Uh-huh. And it's beautiful to see. Yeah. So And she brought Gus. We yeah. took a picture, we put him on his
0: Thanks for making time and for look, us, Mark. He's, he's
1: laying down. He's ready to hang out. He had a big day at the vet. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: he's fully vaccinated. Is now. he not fully vaccinated? <laughs> wow. So
1: he <laughs> can hang out here then. And we got two things we want to talk about, um, and one I think is really important is is a little bit about Rebecca's journey. But before that, there's been a lot of talk about this baptism thing in the Catholic Church. It's been in the newspaper, and so a couple of people have asked us to maybe address that question. So you all, if you read the newspapers or watch the news, you probably heard about a priest who had to resign because. 20 years ago, he, he, instead of saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he said, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just change that one word from I to we. And so the question came up uh, to the congregation uh, that handles these matters in Rome is to what happens with all these people that were baptized using that formula. Is that a valid baptism and traditionally the way i was educated um we would have made the distinction between what's called an illicit formula versus an invalid formula so anything that has to do with the sacraments and that's invalid would be um something that is so wrong that the sacrament never happened because it just was so it was so obviously wrong so like if you were to um have mass and instead of bread and wine, you used Coke and chips. You know, it would be right. completely invalid because it's not even close to bread. And
0: not wine. even, yeah. they, uh, they did not understand right. the assignment so, even a little bit,
1: but the distinction was made between invalidity and what was called illicit. And something that was illicit just means it didn't follow the formula exactly, but it was close enough that it was still a valid sacrament. So Can
0: you give us a secular it. example of this?
1: Um, so, oh gosh! But um, well,
0: I mean, like it with math, where you're like, you got the right answer, but showing your work, you missed a few steps.
1: Right. So, um, if I were to change, not the words of consecration at mass, you know, the, this is my body, this is my blood, but other part of the mass uh, would would be illicit. In other words, not it's not legal. It's not the correct legal formula, but it doesn't change the validity of of the mass, it's still the body and blood of Christ. Right. Um, Now, if I change the formula for this is my body, this is my blood, and I make up something completely different, that could change the validity of the mass because the idea being that Catholics have a right to the mass as the church prescribes it. And the same is true for baptism. So most of us are very careful To use the words that are in the book and that's what we're supposed to do but we always were trained that if for some reason you didn't somebody changed it a little bit or if um, you know you forgot something because you you were distracted or something like that right um, that it would still be valid but it would be not according to the formula, so it would be illicit. You shouldn't do it, but hey, people still got the sacrament. They still got, got Jesus or they still got baptized. So my thought, if somebody would have asked me that question before the Vatican congregation weighed in and said, okay, this guy said we baptized, I said, well, that's not technically what he, what he should have said, but in our tradition, we have something called the church supplies. In other words, if, if somebody makes a mistake Um, or to say a priest is a, you know, horrible sinner, Um, if he says, you know, says it has the intention of doing what the church wants him to do, the church supplies, and that person would be validly baptized, mass would be fully, you know, the sacrament, all the other sacraments would happen as they're supposed to happen. So, because God... And the way I'd always been taught God is not tied down to our rules. Our right. rules are good and they're important because they provide order and structure for everybody. They're
0: religion rules, but they're not right. spirituality rules. So right. it's God's so, for God offers grace for that, right?
1: It, that's how we would have understood it in in the first place. Um, so the question came up. This is actually the second time this has happened. The question came up the last time there was a priest who was watching his uh, ordination video, or he was watching his baptismal video. So he's a young priest because they actually had a video of his baptism and realized that the priest that baptized him did not use the formula. And so that was sent to the Vatican for judgment. And they said, therefore, your baptism is invalid. You are not baptized and because you have to be baptized to or be ordained, you're not ordained a priest. And y'all okay. need to see JC's look on her face because she's like, hey, I'm
0: I'm rolling my eyes at this.
1: Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of Catholics are. And again, if you would have asked me before that, I would have said, well, yes, he shouldn't have done it, but the church supplies, God figured it out, God, God makes it happen. So it was declared invalid. He had to be rebaptized, and he had to be reordained. Now, any baptisms that he did were okay, because anyone can baptize. Mm -hmm. In in an emergency, anyone can baptize. So if I'm not baptized, but I've always wanted to be baptized, and I get hit by a truck, I can just ask any passerby to say, hey, just pour some water over my head and say the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and please have the intention that the the church has, you would be baptized. You do not have to be a Catholic priest or a deacon to baptize anybody.
2: Yes. Can you baptize yourself in the mirror?
1: You cannot baptize yourself in the mirror.
0: No confession over text, no (laughs) baptizing yourself. So,
1: in all likelihood, everybody that he baptized, according to these rules, would be baptized, even though technically this priest wasn't even a Christian, because he had never been baptized himself. Although, that's a pretty legalistic definition of Christianity, uh, that you have to have water poured over your head to be considered a Christian.
2: So... But the the language is still the same, so anyone can baptize. But if they use the wrong language, it's then
1: it's not according to this this interpretation. Wow! Then the language has to be, "I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit." So,
0: is that so? What is that from? Like, where does that come from? That that it has to be said like that?
1: Well, that's that's our rules. That's, but that's where the did rule. we get that rule? Well, that's so the, it was sacred rule. scripture.
0: Is it sacred scripture?
1: Yeah, curse? go out into the world and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, what's interesting is the Greek Orthodox Church, whose baptisms we accept, don't use that formula. But it's kind of one of those things that this is the formula that we have. So in order for us to consider this valid, it has to be done this way. That's the interpretation that is given right now. My suspicion is That this is causing quite a bit of chaos. So when John. And it may be reinterpreted.
0: When John the Baptist baptized Jesus, did he say it the way we say it? No,
1: because John's baptism was not a baptism of. because the church had not been born yet. Right. John's baptism, uh, the uh, Jewish faith had baptism like rituals that involved washing. And that's what John. Was
0: so was we doing. aren't baptized the way Jesus was baptized.
1: No. no. The understanding of, of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit didn't come until after
0: okay. Can I just yeah, ask I a question? Jesus, uh, mm-hmm. And right, I just need to ask a question and you can bravo this out. But if we as Catholics are picking apart this man who said one word wrong, then what's to say that we're it's Jesus' is, was valid? Because it's not what we said. Well,
1: Jesus wasn't baptized the same way we would because he didn't need to be baptized.
2: He's not Christian. Right?
1: Uh, yeah. He's Jewish. He's Jewish. So mm-hmm. baptism came as as the result of Jesus telling us, go out into the world and spread, you know, tell the good news and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So he himself would not have been baptized that way, but he didn't need to be baptized. It was just something that became part of the church. And so... I, I mean, I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just trying to explain how people who who interpret it this way what what their rationale is that the sacraments are governed by divine law and human law, and it's the human law that sets what is the matter of a sacrament. So water, you need water. You can't baptize with um, you know something that's not water, some other liquid, gasoline. Um, You'd have to you have to use water um, in order for it to be effective. And that part of that is just, you know, what are the what are the symbols that are most effective in helping us to understand it? Unfortunately, though, this interpretation gives it a very rigorous view to where we forget that being a Christian is first and foremost about a conversion of the heart. And
0: say it louder for the people in the and back. And
1: that baptism is. Our entry into Christianity, but it also has to reflect a conversion of heart a desire for holiness, a desire for union with God, which in the case of an infant is the desire of the parents and the community, but an adult who gets baptized is their own desire. And so we are leaving that out completely of this interpretation. Now I do want to say this because I know some people are kind of scrupulous about this. Uh, Some people I was reading online, people were like, well, what about my baptism? I wonder if my baptism, I was baptized in the eighties and you know, they were doing crazy stuff back in the eighties. And, you know, unless you know- Get out the VHS, you gotta check it. (laughs) Uh, America Magazine actually has a really good article about this that you can catch online. Um, Unless you know for certain, just presume that you're baptized. And if somebody made a mistake, God will take care of it. Uh, It doesn't really kick in unless you know for sure And I would add, there's probably a lot of liturgical and sacramental theologians who think that this interpretation isn't the one that we should have gone with, but it's the interpretation for now. It's not an infallible interpretation. It's not an an interpretation rooted in dogma. It's an interpretation rooted more in, in a legal understanding of things, and as such, it can be reversed. And I know there's a lot of people hoping that this will become reversed. Otherwise, we got lots of people who are worrying about things that they don't need to worry about. I
0: mean, everything going on in the church, and this is what is making front-page news, and this is what we are... Throwing our energy
1: into. Well, there's and a lot, several people have highlighted a TikTok that's making the rounds.
0: Wait, you're on TikTok, Father?
1: I every now and then watch TikToks that people what's send What's your TikTok me. name? I don't have a TikTok name. Do you have a TikTok name?
0: No. Yeah. Does he have a TikTok name? No,
1: he's not no. It. I don't have a TikTok I've never. <laughs> so how
0: do you watch him? I have an app. How does he watch him? You've
2: used a link that someone sends him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, there's a TikTok making the rounds of a young man who's saying, you know, hey, this priest got had, had to resign because he did this and yet we're allowing priests to stay in who, you know, abuse um, children.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, he, he's got a point to a, a certain extent, but um, part of that's unfair in that there have been hundreds of priests dismissed over the last 20 years over, over that uh, issue with abuse of children. Um, we're not there yet, 100%, but it, it's not what it was in 2000 or even in 2010. Uh, but he does have a point in what we choose to get upset about as a church.
0: Right. And it uh,
1: and, and to try, not to try to defend, but to try to explain baptism is at the heart of who we are and what we do. And so we want to get that right. And I think most priests that I know want to use the formula exactly the way the formula is written. Um, I don't want to bring myself into the sacraments. It's not my interpretation of the sacraments, so I should use the, the formula that the church gives me. Um,
0: I and I also um, are we focusing on what this man did wrong, even though he had the best of intention, instead of focusing on look at all these people he brought to the faith. So
1: yeah. anyway, my main so concern about the my concern with, is, is that people who might be me scrupulous don't I worry feel about the scrupulous like ones. Worry about their own baptism or their priesthood or their priest. Whether The, the other thing is that, you know, if a priest turns out that his priesthood was invalid based on this interpretation and he married you, you would still be married oh, yeah. because marriage is a sacrament that's conveyed by the couple. The, so the ministers of the sacrament there are the are the man and woman.
0: So and he's saying priests. there's no getting out of it. If you're listening to this thinking, hey, my marriage is invalid, <laughs> great. I get a second chance. This is not the case, right? right, right. Ben, if closet, you're listening, <laughs> you're in it for life. Sorry.
1: Yeah. We got um, ten <laughs> and uh, I, I want to take a moment. That with, I question about this talk about baptism, though, is to maybe shift a little bit and talk To our Rebecca here.
0: Our Rebecca.
1: Who, as uh, we all know, is going through the um, RCIA process um, of joining the church, uh, doing that at St. Stephen's. Um, And um, as you all probably already know, she was Church of England or is Church of England looking for a home uh, in the United States, uh, church home, and she's found one in. The Catholic Church. Um, so I, I just read you know, since I'm not a parish, I miss these things sometimes. But they changed the name from RCIA to OCIA instead of Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults, Order of Christian Initiation of Adults, and they also made it clearer that there are people who are already baptized. Back to where we were. You uh, all right. bothered missing because we just had to cut out a bunch of stuff.
0: Um, I, but every time we tell Rebecca to cut it,
1: yeah. she um, always
0: leaves it in. This will need to be cut. Surprise.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> some of this stuff. Um, you'll be getting a call from me at 11 o'clock on Saturday night. <laughs> that needs out. <hours. laughs>
0: That's funny. Um,
1: so Rebecca's going through this process. we talked a little bit about the RCIA. The RCIA is for anybody seeking to join the church but there is a distinction between an inquirer, I think is the new term, or candidate, and a catechumen, yeah. right? Yeah. So do you want to say a little bit about I that? I think
0: catechumen is
2: the cutest name
1: for I know, this. but she's not a catechumen. catechumen.
2: What do you identify as? It's a candidate. Oh, you're a candidate. So the yeah. catechumens are ones that haven't been baptized yet. Aww. And then anyone else is a candidate that's converting in right. some way into the...
1: Because we respect you. the baptism. <laughs> you know, this is a really odd right. follow-up after what we said about baptism before we respect the baptisms of
2: Rather.
1: of other churches but we don't go into a long investigation to make sure that the words were exactly the way we we want them to be so yeah. it's a little bit we're, we're a little inconsistent here in in terms of our current interpretation of things but you know but. what
0: isn't inconsistent rebecca's love for the catholic church that's right that there was a good go. segue <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tell us a little bit about your what you've been doing.
2: Okay, so I've got my schedule here, so we can have a look. Um, so we started in the end of August, beginning of September last year, and it'll go all the way over to Easter this year, which is when we will join the church fully.
1: The during, Easter Vigil.
2: The Easter Vigil service, yeah.
0: Mass because it's like fun
2: and interactive.
0: I was telling Rebecca, like you light a candle on. Like, there's a bonfire. There's an Easter bonfire. You remember that, Lauren? Yeah,
1: Lauren and they tell the story.
0: It's, they, they, like, the sto- interactive. All the, if
1: you do all the readings, there's, like, I don't know how many readings there are, but mm. you can do shortened, the scripture readings, you can just shorten them out, or you can do all of them. And, right. And from the Old Testament through the gospel, it's the story of salvation history.
0: Words and responses. It's like going to, like, a murder mystery dinner. It's, like, very...
1: And you know where that originated the fire you know the eastern uh, fire. Germany? no 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 in the ancient world so this is the way it was explained to me when I was taking liturgy class the uh people on the eve of the easter before easter uh, the night before easter would gather around waiting for the sun to rise and they would gather the night before and they would stay up all night and they would build fires because it's cold um and they would tell the story And then as the sun went up, then they would gather and celebrate mass. And that's exactly what happens at the Easter Vigil. You start with a fire, right?
0: Yes. And that's Jewish tradition. You light
1: the Easter candle, you proclaim that, and then you have the readings. Okay. So go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: No, that's really cool. Yeah. So it'll end in Easter, but I guess it's not really ending for me. It's just the beginning. The Uh, first couple of lessons that we did were about mass. So we we walked through the church and they were all upstairs in the church then. And then all of our other classes are downstairs in the basement. Oh, yeah. We learned about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that one. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was a big one. Um...
1: (laughs) And probably the sacraments.
2: Yes. But so we're just almost at the end of the sacraments now. So this is really like all of the stuff beforehand. Is been warming up to this point because a lot of it I already knew. I was just I'm the question asker of the group, of course. They you were, went with
1: her didn't you? I went with her. Yes,
2: she did. Filled
0: in for Carrie. Yeah. Um, first one off the bench um, and we it was a lot of fun. It was good. Yeah. Y'all's friend Dale was there.
2: Yeah. yeah. Him yeah. and his wife. Yeah.
0: yeah, I loved them and I didn't know they were married and I, at one point I'm like
2: they should get together. they <laughs> <was> so cute. <laughs> I was like, Daisy, they're married, they're married,
0: they're married, anyway,
2: go on, well yeah, so we're just now going through the sacraments, and I think this is where I'm really getting interested, is we just, we did um, baptism, obviously, and uh-huh. um, we then did the sacrament of the Eucharist, and I got some questions out of that one, and then the one that we just did was the sacrament of Reconciliation, and we got it are you uh,
1: nervous about that one that's usually the one that new catholics are most nervous about is the first confession
2: i don't know if i don't know if i'm nervous about it as i don't know how if so father john thomas was the one that actually held that class and he made me see it in a really in a different light in a new light he told us he broke it down in a way so we knew exactly what is there, what isn't there, so, You know, really show us the details. So you can tell us that we're going to confess a sin, but let us know the ins and outs of it. What do we do? How is it? What is a sin? So we learned all of that. And one thing that came out of it was just more of it being a release. a It's a, it's a gift, really, to just take that off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's not something to fear. It purifies, mm-hmm. strengthens, and unifies the church. But one thing, I learned a couple of things as well. So you you confess once a year. There's church law, minimum. Um, you confess.
1: If you are in a state of mortal sin.
2: Yes. Wait. Wait. So if you're not at all, you don't have to confess at all?
1: If Resumption is that most people do something. Uh, so that they need to confess. But technically, if you are not in a state of mortal sin. Or venial. No, just more. Venial just sins mortal. can be forgiven in other ways. All right, tell confession. us the difference. Venial yes. sin is a minor sin that does not destroy your relationship with God. A mortal sin is so serious that it destroys your relationship with God, and you need to go to confession to have that relationship. Wait a minute.
0: Restored. That's the only distinction between
2: venial and...
1: Well, well it's more of a distinction. Than shouldn't
2: you? I think um, it was... You have to know that you're right. doing it. Okay, um, it has to be serious. It'd be serious, it has to be serious and also you're not compromised in any way. To right. be, you're not being forced. forced. Yeah, yeah you're, so free. you're not an addict or anything because that's you're also you compromised, yeah. and so all of those things would compromise you. Mm-hmm. So if it was theft, but you were right under addiction, then it's you're compromised.
1: I mean, people should. I mean, I think people the, well, once a year is the bare minimum if mm-hmm. you're in a state of mortal sin. Technically, you could get by without ever having to go to confession, mm-hmm. um, but that really misses the point. That confession is more than just about getting rid of mortal sin; it's yeah. about healing, mm-hmm. and um, and we heal best with someone else. And the way the church presents that someone else right now, who represents Christ, is is through the minister ministry of, of the priest. Mm-hmm. Um, Can
0: non priests hear a confession?
1: They certainly can, but they can't give absolution. Ah. I mean, you can confess your sins to anybody you want to.
2: Oh yeah, that's true. But I, uh, I do
1: think that you probably learned that the confessional is uh there's the what's called the seal of confession. Right? Yes. Tell a little bit about that, because I think that's really important, especially for
2: oh, non-Catholics. Yeah. yeah, like he he went into detail about the seal actually and how important it is. Like even if Okay, so he used some so good examples. tell me what it is
1: first, for those who don't know.
2: So it's today. the confidentiality of it all. And the way I see it is you're not confessing to the priest, you're confessing to God, but he's just the God's ears at that moment mm-hmm. and God's voice to give you that relief back. He
1: stands in the place of Christ. Yeah,
2: exactly. So I don't see it as... Originally, I thought I was just telling the priest that I've been a bad person and then they're going to look at me differently then mm-hmm. going forward. And I was really nervous that... I like them. So I don't want to say anything bad and them not like me. So that was something that I went in thinking that that's what it was, but it's mm-hmm. not. And Father John Thomas made a fantastic point of, you knowing that, that basically delete is at the back of his brain. When mm-hmm. he hears what you, what you have to say, nothing even leaves that room in his mind. It stays there. That's it. It's, it goes to a completely different part and it goes almost through him
1: it's a, it's a grace of the sacrament i think yeah. most priests have that experience where they just don't remember
2: yeah he, he really just doesn't remember um he uh, he had something funny that he could share with he was out to dinner with a group of friends who uh someone mentioned that they were they were smoking or they had smoked or they were trying to stop smoking or something and he responded in shock to say what do you mean you're smoking? And she she just smacked his arm and said, father, I confessed that to you last week. How do you not remember? But that's just a perfect example of mm-hmm. it just doesn't stay with them. They don't take it anywhere else. And it's just really for you. It's the service for you mm-hmm. to relieve that. But um, he also said things like, even if he heard something extra juicy in there, which is very rare, but uh, it's usually the, the norm, but, he can't even go out into the congregation then and look around and think, who was it? Who told mm-hmm. me that that again would be breaking the seal, even if it's just the thought right. of that.
1: You can't at the point of death. I mm-hmm. mean, priests have died uh, for this in during World War II. The Nazis often would try to get priests to, to mm-hmm. tell what their uh, penitence had said to them. And many of them died rather than reveal. And that's, goes back hundreds and hundreds of years of priests who've died mar- martyrs because they refused to reveal what they heard in confession. Yeah. Uh, and if you do re- reveal, you are automatically excommunicated mm-hmm. as a priest. Oh, yeah. And the, and that's
0: in today's times. That's too. in today's like
1: time, you, yeah. you. That means you're out of the church. At the, the moment you do that, the only one who can restore you, because we're, all, we're always able to be restored, you know, we're always able to be forgiven, but the only one who can do that is – rome wow. you, you have to you have to have say go to your confessor that's called what's a reserved sin and in other words the, the priest that you would go to can't forgive that he, he would not be able to give you absolution he would say okay we're going to send this to rome and then you that's the only way then you could be forgiven that's wow. how serious it is and you probably as a consequence would never be allowed to hear another confession
0: as yeah. you shouldn't be yeah. allowed
1: to hear a confession
0: after yeah. that. Has that, is that a, I don't want to say a common thing, but have you heard, or I don't even want to ask you if you've heard of that happening, but um, like the seriousness of it, that if it did happen, it wouldn't be taken lightly and it happens enough to where. No, I think we
1: all have, I think all priests have have this so drilled into them that it's a, it, it's a horror to you even think about that. You know, it's probably similar to some of your training where there's certain things that are just drilled into you that you would be automatic, you know, mm-hmm. um, put on your seatbelt. Yeah. You know, uh, whatever it might be. Um, so some people have tried to, in, in the years of all the sex abuse crisis, have tried to say that that is no longer protected by law. Um, that if somebody confesses that they've abused a child, they must reveal that. Good. So right, but they can't. Mm, no. Oh, can't. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter if the law says it. Uh, if somebody
2: you're, the, you're with God, that's it. it yeah. The, kind this of is.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it. It's similar to um, if you reveal that to your uh, like
2: therapist, therapist
1: or, you. or your lawyer, mm. they can't be forced. Right to reveal it, you know, so it's, it's, it's that kind of protection. Mm -hmm. Um, And the idea being it's better for somebody to acknowledge this. And then as part of the confession, you can help them turn themselves in to get help, to do what, you know, what, what they need to do, because part of it is, you know, in order to be, uh, get, Absolution, you have to be penitent. You have to say, I'm going to do my best not to do this. And again, I'm going to make restitution. And so part of making restitution in something that serious could be that you you should turn yourself in or you should get help mm-hmm. or you should do something that that would make, make a difference.
0: What about if there's potential for them to harm somebody in the future? Like it's repetitive
1: and they keep being penitent and confessing isn't there an obligation to? You know, I would, I, if there's, there's a question of whether the sacrament didn't happen, whether then you're obligated to maintain this, the seal. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit of an open question. Uh, so if somebody comes in, as Lauren just described, who is a danger to other people and is not willing to make amends, is not going to change what they're doing, you, you really shouldn't absolve them because you only can absolve if somebody is truly penitent. Well, if you didn't absolve them, the sacrament never happened.
2: But this was something else that was brought up. So say, if it is a repetitive thing, the priest cannot even say that. Because say for every single, this was a great example, for every single day, I came on a Saturday and said, I've been stealing from work, I confess, every, every Saturday for a whole year, but then on that 53rd Saturday, I came to you and said I was impatient. I was unkind. And that was it. You can't then say, right. but I know you've been stealing from work. Come on. Right. And, you can't even and remember. it. You, you can't bring it up. You and they say come. you
0: can't fish for nope. it either. Right. You can't be like, come yeah. on, keep mm-hmm. going. That I
1: don't think you finished You can it. ask yeah. questions, but you can't fish for mm-hmm. things that may or may not be there. You can't post a file. Well, the interesting well. thing about confession and, and stealing is you are – obligated to make restitution so mm-hmm. if you've stolen from somebody you're obligated to if you can do it without revealing who you are to give that back mm-hmm. if you can't then you're obligated to you know give it to a charity or uh-huh. something but it's not yours to, you know like oh yeah i've stolen a million dollars but i'm good because i confessed no, yeah right now you need to somehow make restitution for that million dollars
0: okay yeah. two things two questions that i have um one so you're saying it's not the seal if you do not offer up solution, right? So if someone said something in confession and then this priest was like, I can't absolve you of this, then could they technically tell whoever they wanted about it? Because it's like, no. oh, they were in the confessional, but I didn't absolve them. So it does not count.
1: But, um, Anyway, um, generally speaking, it's inviolable to ever reveal what uh, you hear, hear in confession.
0: Whether it's um, absolved or not.
1: Well, I think if there's no absolution, it's not the sacrament hasn't happened. So there is no sacramental seal.
0: So what? Okay, hold on.
1: But I think I think in that case, you still have to be very careful and you still have to protect the privacy, but it's not a sacramental seal.
0: Okay that needs to be protected just because you don't offer absolution then it's invalid i want to be
1: clearer on what i say because so as not to confuse people just leave it at it's inviable.
0: because we none of us know what that means
1: well look look at that that.
0: do you know what inviable means it's not viable
1: So So, let's just wrap it up maybe just with a a statement about we're going to hear more about Rebecca's journey as we continue, as she continues, and we walk with her in her journey. Uh, But in terms of the confession discussion, we want, I think, everybody to feel comfortable going to confession, being honest Mm -hmm. and open with the priest and understanding that whatever you say to the priest, he has to protect in complete confidence, even if he's threatened. With jail or death. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we should end with a prayer, right? hmm Okay. What do you want us to what do you want to do for prayer?
2: Say what's in your heart, Father Larry. You want me to
1: pray? Okay, I think we should pray for peace, especially in Ukraine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh you all have been watching the news and probably some things have happened since we started recording this. Hopefully by the time this is published, some of this will have resolved itself. But let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Merciful God, we call upon you as the one who gives us all that is good to grant our world the peace that it needs, the peace that it can only come from Christ, especially in the country of Ukraine. Bless those people. Uh, may peaceful hearts reign. May the tensions that exist now be resolved peacefully. And protect all those in the line of violence, especially the most innocent. Amen.
0: Amen. This
1: podcast is ended. Go and love as you have been loved. And peace be with you. I literally just
0: forgot my line.
1: You forgot your line. Say it again. Say your line. I said "Okay." (laughs) This podcast is ended. Go and love as you have been loved.
0: And Godspeed, peace be with you. You
1: still don't got it.
2: I <laughs> like this guy's <laughs> blonde. And Godspeed. Yeah. No, is it? Are we still? That's the last thing you okay. say. Okay.
1: This podcast is ended. Infinite. Love God, as, as you have, have been, been loved.
2: Love. And peace be
1: with you. That works. <laughs> Bye. Now they're
0: never going to let me be a priest.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs>